Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to season six, episode twenty of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, Jeff, Bill, and myself are live here on Wednesday, March fourteenth, two thousand and eighteen. This is franchise episode number one hundred and twenty-three all time. My name is Kurt Price. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Uh, Mr. Co-host Bill Day is uh, at Billy Blue Note, and Mr. Co-host Jeff Ponder is at J Ponder ninety four. Uh, if you want to send the show a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we will read it on the air if we have time later. Um, and if you would like to join us on the air to talk some of the blues hockey, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join button later on the show, and we'll let you know when that link is available. Gentlemen, it's been a while since we've done a uh, couple weeks since we've done a show midweek. Yeah. Yeah, we had our uh, nice Saturday uh, not on-site show uh couple weekends ago yeah yeah so we're uh, back back to the uh back to the old uh setup here yeah i think uh the on-site idea is a great grand idea that we've only done a couple times uh i think in our future we should either do uh center ice brewery blue note sports bar something uh for a live show i think that'd be a lot of fun mm, i'm all for center ice that's real convenient for you and i sir yes it is uh uh, Curtin or Bill and I work out in the east side, so it's it's just a hop, skip, and jump uh, from Larry Flint's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that caught me off guard. I have no jokes. Oh <laughs> shit! I grew up there. Larry Flint's. At Larry Flint's. <laughs> His yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> His parents. Yeah. I. <laughs> His, he was he was the little boy running around the back when when we were changing. Getting ready to go on stage. Yeah. That's why he has such a healthy attitude towards the ladies. Mm. Enough said. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out the Let's Go Blues radio online shop. Go to letsgoblues.com slash radio. And we got some cool shirts uh, and uh, a mug and some stickers for sale. Um, the official beers of episode number 123. Bill, what do you what do you come to what did you bring to play? Bring to the... What I brought to the table tonight it's a, it is a repeat. It's one of the few IPAs that I I feel like I can endorse that I will go to. Uh, Furious IPA by Surly Brewing Company out of uh, Twin Cities. Very good stuff. Not too hoppy. I see. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Sixteen ounce cans. Uh, I there are very uh, I haven't had a beer 
from Surly yet that has disappointed me. Um, so smells like an IPA to me. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is an IPA. It's not but. my thing. I don't. I, don't do, I, I. I. Every once in a while, I try IPAs. I'll have one by accident. Yeah. If I've had enough to drink at a bar or something, yeah, hey, I'll try this. I don't know. It's in a IPA. It's like, oh, that's, that's got not, a funny name. Give it to me. It's got a funny name and a funny taste. But uh, <clears throat> all right, Jeff, what do you got? Never had that. That uh, that looks like a one I might have to give a shot to. What out of um, five stars, Bill? What do you give it? Um, three point oh. seven five. Okay, I was gonna say feel free to use decimals. Mm, three, yeah. three point seven five. Um, Let's do that. I will. I will advise you that you will have to come to Illinois because Surly does not have. Uh, there are no distributors with a license to sell Surly in west Missouri. of Mississippi. Huh. Yeah. That's hmm. a well, shame. it's odd because Minnesota is west of the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no distributor yeah. in St. Louis. So it's smoking the bandit time. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Except you're westbound and down, I yeah. guess. Westbound and down. Beautiful. So today, my beer is uh, uh, one of my favorite breweries in the St. Louis area. Well, favorite breweries altogether, I guess. Uh O'Fallon uh, STL Irish Red. Mm. Um, I do believe it is just a rebranding of the uh, O'Fallon STL Red, which is the the beer you often see outside of Bush Stadium during uh, the summers. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I've I've had the STL Red, never had the Irish Red, so I was excited to try it. But uh, to my dismay, I believe it is the same beer. Um, but it's fantastic. Uh, it honestly is a it's a great summer beer. Uh, you know, people label it a summer beer, I guess, and, and maybe, I guess, a spring beer now because it's they have the Irish red version. But really, it, it's 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 good any time of the year um, I, that and I just I don't really have beers of the season. You know, I don't know if you guys do that. It's like, oh, it's the season for this kind of beer. I'll drink if I you want know, an Oktoberfest and it's on sale in July, I'll drink it. You know, uh, it's never really stopped me before. Uh, I I don't drink the the heavier beers in the summertime. Uh, I, I, but I will drink the summery beers in the wintertime. Okay. So. But yeah, this uh, for those who haven't had an STL Red or an STL Irish Red, it's uh, got kind of a, a light caramel malt taste, um, a little citrusy. It's it in all seriousness uh, when talking about the seasons, it is a good one to have outdoors on a on a nice uh, warm day. Because uh, it's light and um, and it's 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 really tasty, so definitely recommend it. Uh, today, uh, my beer. Uh, today we're going to learn how to make plutonium out of common <laughs> household items. Who knows the who who knows that that quote that movie quote? Yes, I, anybody? I know I know it. What was it? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... Today we're going to learn how to make plutonium out of common household items. It's got to be UHF. It is UHF. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I love um, that movie. It's so good. Uh, the only reason that movie did not do well at the box office was because it competed against Batman. It came out that summer against Batman and, and some other uh, big movie. That was the reason. The Michael <laughs> Keaton Batman. Right. The, the very first one. You so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Red Snapper. Very tasty. <laughs> All right. Show of hands for, uh, for our YouTube video uh, watchers. How many? How many have had uh, Twinkie Wiener sandwich? Twinkie Wiener sandwich. I, I believe I've seen twenty hands go up. I've I've got I've had yeah, it. We got two hands. Go up. <laughs> yeah, I can see our viewers. There's twenty hands up of the 117 listening. Dipped in milk too. 
authentic. Mm-hmm. You can't have one and not dip it in milk. Uh, so anyway, my, my beer is uh, one that I acquired this year that I missed out on last year because uh, they sold out quick. And they sold out uh, not as quick this year because they made a lot more, I was, I was told. But uh, it's Four Hands uh, Madagascar, which is a stout brewed with vanilla beans and Asian bourbon barrels. And it is good. And it's supposed to pair with chocolate cake. Any beer that pairs with chocolate cake is, is okay by me. Uh, but Madagascar is an imperial milk stout, Asian bourbon barrels with whole vanilla beans. This inky black beer, originally brewed for Schnucks Markets, I didn't know that, mm. uh, is full-bodied with notes of bourbon, coffee, chocolate, and vanilla. I didn't know they made it for Schnucks initially. Did you buy it at Schnucks? I, I, I did buy this one at Schnucks, yeah. They, wow. had, they had about, maybe. yeah, the cameras were over there. Maybe that's the key. Uh, maybe. They had about they had about four bottles there when I was there. Mm. I picked it up. They had a whole bunch of uh, absence of white, which I like as well. Oh. Yeah, had that uh, when we were over here for game night a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's mighty tasty. Yeah. Like I, I red snapper. It. <laughs> it's, it's not as tasty as red snapper. <laughs> Ooh. You know where you Ooh. can get red snapper? Right there in Schnook's Markets. <laughs> and if Schnook's Markets would like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, they can uh, email us at uh, podcast at let's go blues down. I'm going to write this down. You know, I can set it up to where <laughs> any email that is not an actual address at let's go blues.com will come somewhere. So I do not have it set up that way. So <laughs> try and get it right. Try to not listen to me. If you try to email us, Madagascar, very tasty radio That's radio good. at let's go blues.com. What, what would you rate your beer? Jeff uh, uh, out of uh, zero to five. Zero to five. Um, give it about four point two five. Oh. Four and a fourth. That's okay. good. Yeah, I mean, I, that's pretty good. Most beers, 4.25 most is pretty beers good. that I drink, I'd probably give a two. So yeah, this is uh, yeah, that's, fantastic. That's, that's pretty. I mean, you say for a pretty good beer, four point two five sounds pretty darn pretty darn good. Oh yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. give the Madagascar a four point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's that high. I like it. Do you guys? Nothing yeah. gets a five though in my book. No, I agree. There, well, yep. I I think I have a couple of fives on uh, on uh, Untapped. Okay. The the beer rating app. I um, may have read. I may have rated something a five think, too, uh, just because I didn't want to get lazy. And, then you were probably drunk. Was, and yeah. Was, that was good. Great. Five. <laughs> I think uh, Canadian Breakfast out and uh, maybe uh, one of the varietals of uh, Bourbon County got a five. I was gonna say I think I uh, probably rated Bourbon County a five. You know, if I were to rate a beer uh, a five, I'd, I'd give it to probably my favorite, which is Contact High. I'm a big Contact High fan. Mm. You should go to a Melon Camp show. John Cougar, or John Cougar or John? Um, John Cougar. <laughs> okay. No, he goes he goes by John Lennon now, right? John Lennon Melon Camp. <laughs> yep. That's not true. It used to be John. Lennon Mellon Camp. Now it's just John Lennon. <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that's that sounds like a, a, a Wheel of Fortune puzzle. John Lennon Mellon Camp or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STO Blues History Twitter account, March 14th, 1998, St. Louis Blues host the 14 Fund Classic for Doug Wickenheiser, three dozen blues alumni, and two women's Olympic gold medalists. Uh, assembled on the ice uh, after the Blues and Phoenix game. Don Koharski stuck around to officiate after the Blues lost uh, their game to Phoenix. So that was, uh, and uh, Wickenheiser is still alive, uh, who was uh, 36 at the time. 
of this uh, classic. I didn't. I, I didn't realize he was that young when he got that sick. I didn't right. realize he was in his thirties. One of the other tragic acts aspects of the whole Wickenheiser saga is that you know his career probably ended a lot sooner than it otherwise would have. If he would have fulfilled the potential, you know, he was like your a, microphone's over there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, is that better? That's better. Uh, <laughs> if he if he would have fulfilled the potential of the uh, what was the number two overall pick the year that he went, uh, was he number two? Yeah, yeah, I guess he was. If he would have fulfilled that potential, you know, he he would have been playing. You know, at, at he would have still been in the league at thirty six. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. assuming he doesn't get cancer, but you know. he was never he never lived up to his potential though i mean he right. was he was kind of a he was kind of considered a bust right Cons- but, right and he you know he scored the greatest goal in blues history and in a losing series which right. i still hate i mean how how fitting is that that the one of the blues greatest moments <laughs> was in a losing series scored by a guy considered a bust in the draft yeah uh, defines us really yeah uh the two olympic medalists um do you, you guys know who they were oh does it say in the article here one is obvious. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I, I knew one. I didn't know yeah, the other one. His uh, Haley, Haley Wickenheiser. His sister, cousin, uh, niece, nephew, sister, cousin, <laughs> uh, sister, wife, fourth cousin, Haley Wickenheiser, um, and then uh, American gold gold medal. Uh, the goalie. Uh, what's her name? Sarah Tooting. Tooting. Tweeting. However you Tweeting. say her name. I'm gonna say Tooting. Tweety Tweety. Tweety Tweety. Uh, in the game, Haley beats Tooting, Tweeting, on a penalty shot awarded by Doug uh, Don Koharski, who stuck around. Oh, okay, so yeah, I guess that um, doesn't say who won, though. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess the Blues won. I'm going to guess the Blues let the... Well, it, was, it wasn't a Blues versus Blues game? Uh, yeah, the Blues yeah, won. That's, okay, gotcha. I see what you did there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 1997, Pavel Dimitris signed uh, a contract with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he was unsigned when the Blues traded for him, so he signed his. They they signed him to a contract on March fourth, nineteen ninety seven. What a mistake that trade was! I mean, the Blues should have really st- stuck around with Christopher Olsen to see what he could have brought to the team. I was gonna say, I think I think that, that kind of really hurt Christopher Olsen's career. He had he stayed here, his career would have been much different. Yeah, he would have probably had five more games. <laughs> Dude, no, come on, guys. Christopher Olsen, he would have been Blues Walk of Fame if he would have stayed with the team. Of course I'm kidding. That is one of the greatest trades in... People have listed that as one of the uh, most one-sided trades in NHL history, and it's for a reason. Pablo Dimitra was a league of his own. I... Oh, I've been, I think I know I've mentioned this almost every show this season, but I've been watching those old games on my in my project I'm doing and just seeing the way that guy skated. Unbelievable that Ottawa gave up on him. Uh, what was the name of the documentary I tweeted out? The Nagano Files. Is that the name of the uh, the documentary with the? Uh, oh no, that wasn't the same team. Never mind. That was before Dimitri. Anyway, have you have you seen the Nagano Files? Have not. Oh, it's good. It's a documentary about the uh, the first uh, Winter Olympics where uh, uh, the uh, NHL, NHL players, players played. And uh, it was uh, where the Czechs surprised everyone with Hasek in that. You know, he just stole the tournament and uh, beat the U.S., then beat Canada. 
and then played Russia in the finals, which was like their miracle on ice because of the political history of those two countries. Russia just, you know, was basically shat all over them for decades. And uh, for the Czechs to beat them in the gold medal game was just like, I mean, probably it was a bigger deal to them than Miracle on Ice was to USA. It was, it was huge. Um, so it was, it's a fantastic documentary. It's all, I mean, Yager and uh, it's, it's just cool seeing all the old names uh, playing and uh, how they did and, uh, and the story behind because I mean at the time I didn't know as much about the Czech history like I you know I, I do now uh, with after watching that documentary so it was it was very informative it was very good so if you haven't seen it watch it I think it's online I believe uh, the show uh, the show's account tweeted it out uh, a couple weeks ago I think very see good if we, see if we can find it and retweet it <clears throat> yeah that'd be good me uh, have you seen it Jeff no I have not I need to it's very good it was on after the, uh, the women's gold medal game, I think, or no, 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 no. Was it on after? No, it was on on uh, MSNBC or NBCSN uh, after one of their Wednesday night rival games, I think. Uh, and on 1994, March 14th, 1994, Craig Gianni was awarded to the Vancouver Canucks by the St. Louis Blues as compensation for signing Peter Nedved. This was interesting. Um, and. It, what's funny about this, the, the article here that uh, the at SJ Blues History Twitter account uh, attached to their tweet is the article from the paper. Um, it says, uh, it, it doesn't just affect Craig Janney, Shanahan said. Uh, oh, he said, I said first, first off, it says, Shanahan and Janney are good friends. <laughs> and Shanahan said he had mixed feelings yeah. about the outcome. Relief that he wasn't the one headed to Vancouver and regret it was Janney, a superstar hockey player, in quotes. So I wonder. I wonder if this was before the Shanahan, Janney's wife thing, because Shanny, because Janney was was awarded to Vancouver. Do you guys know how this panned out? Because he didn't, he didn't go. He didn't report. Janney did, did, like refused to go. Remember this? Right. Mm-hmm. So and then and then he Janney played for us the next season. He had like eight games played for us the next season, and in his uh, in his career log, he has he didn't he didn't play for Vancouver whatsoever, not at all. So do you remember what happened? I, I, from what I can remember, I don't remember what it was, but I remember them not. He wouldn't report, so Vancouver said he's not coming here. What the hell do we do? I know. What, what did the Blues give? I think the Blues had to give them some other type of compensation, but I don't remember what it was. But something equivalent to Janney? I, that that I mean that was pretty substantial. It's probably draft picks and cash would be my guess. My yeah. question with this that I was going to ask you guys. What's the equivalent of that nowadays? Because they don't just award yeah. players to franchises for this. No, it'd be, it'd be is dra- it, is it, it's draft picks it'd be, now, right? It'd be draft picks, yeah. I, I, probably I, a fine to the players' uh, relief fund. Yeah, that sounds that I'd imagine that'd be something like that. Yeah. Mostly draft picks. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I recall like that there was the big drama about it, but I don't I don't remember what exactly happened. And you know, this is. In line with the NHL, you know, trying to penalize the Blues in the free agent market, the Scott Stevens thing, the Brendan Shanahan thing, you know, just the Canucks asked for asked for Shanahan in the deal. I didn't know that either until I read the article. I was like, oh, I don't remember that. They asked for Shanahan. Can you imagine if Shanahan had been awarded <laughs> to Vancouver? Oh my God, for signing that. I mean, that 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 like would have just like set the Blues fans off with the whole Steven Shanahan thing getting ripped players ripped out of their off the off the team by the league. Well, I've I've said this before that I think if that happens, I think the Pronger trade they still find a way to make it happen. 
but because I don't think you can you can say that timeline is fully affected. But I mean, there's a good chance there. The Blues don't have Shanahan. They don't ever get Pronger. Right. Then they then they never get Brewer. Oh. <laughs> then they never get Brock Bookaboom. Uh, one of the better names the Blues have ever had. Yeah, Brock Bookaboom. So according to uh, the article in the province, uh, they were the Canucks were able to spin Janney into Brett Hedekin, Jeff Brown, Nathan Lafayette. And That's why they went there. Yes. I'm, okay, I'm fuzzy and, on those details and, then. And that is, they were they were all. If you go back and you watch that, the '94 Cup Finals against the Rangers, all of those guys played significant. That's roles. a that's a better deal. Yeah, it's a Jenny. much better deal. Yeah. Now you look back on this stuff and and the hindsight stuff. That that's I'd I'd rather have had Hedekin, uh Jeff Brown, and uh, uh, Lafayette than uh, Janney. Yep. I I mean I always thought Janney was soft. I mean he was a great assist man, but I always thought he was soft. Yeah. Um. Man, that reminds me of something. I got. I'm trying to find it really quick. Okay, yeah. So uh, this was back on March 5th. STL Blues history tweeted out: uh, St. Louis Blues trade Jeff Cortnall, Robert Dirk, Sergio Momesso, Cliff Ronning for Dan Quinn and Garth Butcher on this date, which yeah. is one of the worst trades in history. I remember where I was uh, when that trade went down. And the Blues were declared the winner of the trade by the <laughs> Hockey News. Okay. So he tweets this out. And I'm trying to find the response. Sergio Momesso actually responded. Um, man, oh yeah, here it is. So he responded to that tweet from um, STL Blues History. And, oh, that's not it. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to find it. He responded to it. And uh, he basically said that if that trade doesn't happen, that that whole Vancouver Canucks team doesn't go to the finals. Oh, God, no. Yeah. And he, I that, mean, that that team had a number of blues players on it. And they 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 did well with that team. Yeah, that was the uh, ninety four. Uh, uh, Here it is against the Rangers. It, he says this is a quote from Sergio Momesso. Again, he's tweeting at uh, STL Blues history. In shock that day when they told four of us were traded, Hockey News had no clue. One of the worst trades in Blues history. Let's see. Went to finals three years later with Canucks, and all of us played a role in it. Yeah, I, I, at the time it was made. I was like, what is Brian Sutter doing? That was, uh, he, he had to have his stay-at-home defenseman. And he got, well, I don't think, uh, rumor has it, what him and Cornell didn't get along too well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was not a fan of that trade whatsoever. But you know what? To end the season, that year, if you look, the Blues had rattled off seven straight wins to finish the season after that trade. So, and I, they, they were a highly regarded team going to the playoffs and obviously didn't do much. That was one of my first real memories as a as a young hockey fan for me because they went to the Cup Finals at '94, right? Yep, against the Rangers. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep. they lost. Yep, that yep. was the the guarantee year for Messier against the Devils. Yep. Um, Vancouver hit the post in Game Seven yep. uh, late. That, yep. That is one of my first memories as a hockey fan, and uh, I remember sitting there with my dad and him just shaking his head, going, "Half this team are damn Blues." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, he, he was right. Where I, I watched Game Seven at Oak Hill. Were you were you there? Did you hang around after the game? No. We had a game that night and uh, a hockey game that night, and I think I think it was Game Seven. Yeah, it was Game Seven. Um, where I hung around at Oak Hill and watched it in the bar after our game. Yeah. No, I I was not there for that. Um, 
I do recall watching it. I I recorded it, and I still have the VHS tape of it. Wow. Yeah. I got lines in it now, and the tracking is probably terrible. Oh, it is (laughs) god-awful. And if I could find the VCR to hook it up and watch it again, I would. Come on over. (laughs) Yeah, you'll convert it for me, right? I will. I will. Gladly. That would be awesome. Actually, yeah. Give me that tape. I would love to have that on DVD. That tape has to be about shred. VHS tapes have been known to go bad for like 10 years. Yeah, well. Yeah, my it's I've got it in a science old, where I've got the 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 visual isn't awful. It's the audio. You get okay. the bad crackling sound the whole time. All right. But I can deal with that. You you hear that enough, you don't even hear it anymore. Yeah, but I the the call of that game, you know, it was um uh Gary Thorne on ESPN and um sam rosen i think if you get the msg feed um you get sam rosen and that's pretty damn amazing um but uh yeah i think it was gary thorne bill clement uh yeah. on espn that was a good feed i love that, that duo that's a good duo yeah, they they were great i love listening and i remember the time people hated gary thorne like like the you know people nobody likes anybody it doesn't right. matter what the announcer is who, who national guys local guys whatever you know, the 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 squeaky wheel gets the gets the oil or whatever because they it's always, they always hate the, the broadcaster there's never it's always the grass is always greener somewhere else but uh but yeah I loved listening to uh, Gary Thorne on ESPN that was growing up that was uh, well not growing up but uh, probably what 90s I guess it was yeah uh that was uh, the ESPN uh, uh, intro music, and uh, their call was uh, was national hockey to me. I uh, one of my favorite Gary Thorne memories was when he uh, he was calling the Blues and Avalanche in 01. Uh, it was the game. It was game three when Scott Young scored in overtime, double overtime. Yep. And it was, so it was late. You could tell. You know, you can kind of tell when announcers are getting tired and just kind of wanting the game to end. And uh, so the, they're getting ready for a face-off. And uh, he just goes silent for a minute. He's in the middle of a thought. And he goes silent. And he just goes, will you turn off the music? They are playing the music right up to the puck drop in this freaking <laughs> building or something like that. And Bill Clement just starts laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember as a kid listening to that, be going, yeah, he's been talking for about four hours straight now. So he's probably pretty cranky. Well, since our last show, uh, we got a number of things to talk about. Uh, first, uh, that we'll you know we'll try and get through these as quickly as we can. But uh, Bowmeister done for the year, hurt his hip uh, uh, for good in the uh, at least this year anyway. For in the uh, game versus Dallas on March third, uh, and as it turns out, he was playing hurt since December, which no, yeah, which that's why. Um, Armstrong was quoted as saying, uh, Jay wants to play through anything, and it shows a lot of character for him to play through the pain of his hip. Uh, from December on, it was very painful doing day-to-day things and playing and playing hockey. But he fought through it for us, and I give him full marks for that. I have a number of issues with this. Yes. I don't. Know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I, 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 maybe you do. Uh, I, I, I don't I, – if, if, if you're ineffective as a player and you're, you're because you're hurt – you should not be playing. And Bomeister was not ineffective, but it was noticeably affecting his game. Not that he was fantastic when he was healthy last year either. But um if I don't know if this is saving face to try, you know, to blaming the his his lackluster play on the injury. 
um, to kind of, oh, okay, well, the reason why I was playing poorly was because of the injury. Um, whatever. I, I If that was the case, um, based on how he was playing, he should not have been playing. Right. We'll get, uh, I think we've got the stats to cover in just a minute here. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But, yeah, I think it's a GM. This is a GM situation where they're they're talking about the intangibles a guy brings to the team. Oh, he's playing hurt. The guys love that. Bullshit. He's playing hurt. He's hurting the team at this point. We've been how how long have we been denigrating him this year? Uh, last couple since, of years since he came back from his injury. It's been the last couple of years. It's been it's. I mean, he's not been. Right, he's, he's been a shell of him for himself the, the past couple of years. I, but yeah. yeah, this year has been bad. Just, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's a goddamn disgrace. When when you when I mean, when you get beat wide, often, when you're when you're not able to clear the front of the net, when you're missing assignments in front, you're not as quick as you should be in front to adjust to where players are. Um. It's noticeable. And like you said, the stats are bared out. I mean, it's not sometimes you 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 maybe place too much emphasis on stats, but you know, I mean it, it's pretty cut and dry when a player is in the lineup and not in the lineup how the team fares. Granted other things, you know, factor in who the opponents are and all that stuff, but it's a pretty good sample size. With Bowmeister, thirty six games this year, blues are seventeen, fifteen, and four. So two games over five hundred, uh thirty eight points with a five twenty eight win percentage. Without Bowmeister in the lineup, 24 games played, 17, 6, and 2, 24 points, 750 win percentage. And that's thanks to Mike Pepping uh, on Twitter for those stats. Is it at MPEP30? Is that what it is, uh, Jeff? It's, it's, I think it's at Pep30. At Pep30. P-E-P-3-0. Yeah. So, former, former co-host of mine. Yes. So, yeah, he, he uh, posted those uh, uh, today. <laughs> So I yeah. mean, you know, what, what, I, I, Jeff, what your thoughts? Oh, I, I, well, I was gonna uh, kind of read Kelly Chase's quotes. This goes along with what we're talking okay. about, and right. um, obviously we can elaborate on it. But uh, for those that didn't hear, Kelly Chase on every Thursday on on uh, the morning show, the morning after on five ninety, the fan, um, he come came on last Thursday and, and talked about Jay Bowmeister. I think that was the day they announced that uh, he was going to be out. Uh, just kind of cutting up a lot of what he said. Don't worry. It's not out of context. I even tweeted this at him so he knows I'm not taking his words out of context. But this is kind of cut up a, a little bit, uh, taking out some stuff in the middle that was unneeded. He says it's always he's always working out and always stretching and always trying to make himself better. I feel sorry for him because there's so many miles on that body. He's doing everything he can to play. He's almost convincing himself that the injury has been taking its toll on him for such a long time. Uh, wasn't as bad as it was. Uh, you could see there was surgery needed for him, and he's really hurting. He's trying to get through the season, and he's trying to do what he can to help the team. But the truth is that it was hurting Bo's game. It got to the point where he couldn't play anymore. He's trying to grind out this season and say, listen, I'll get it fixed in the offseason. It affected his play because he's such a darn good skater. When you see guys going wide on Jay Bowmeister, you got a problem with his body. He's too good a skater to see that happen. For the Blues, it's a big hole. They've been dealing with it for a long time with Bo because he's such a pro. And that's kind of elaborating, I guess, a little more on what Armstrong said. Um, you know, the guys are, are respecting him for what he's doing. But at the same time, and we've talked about this in exhaustion on this show, um, 
he's not practicing with the team on off days. He's basically be given a pass, which I'm fine with to a certain extent if the guy is bringing an A game every single night. But as Kurt and Bill and myself have all said every week, he's not. He's simply not. And I know that, and I think I mentioned last week, I've had a lot of people uh, in the last couple of weeks telling me that I'm wrong about Jay Bomeister, that uh, uh, his, his contract might be a little high, uh, but he still brings a lot to this team. I can't disagree more. And I, I, again, I know I've said this before and I hate saying this because it's such a cop-out argument. If you think that there's not anything wrong with Jay Bomeister's game, you have not played hockey. Uh, it's clear that he's getting beat as Kelly Chase said, he's getting beat wide, which one, he's a, supposed to be one of the best skaters on the team. And two, he's a big man and, and big men who can skate quick don't get beat wide. And he just was constantly getting beat. He's, he's always out of position penalty kill. He looked lost. Um, and, and I'll tell you, and again, I've the highest level I've ever played is high school, but I can tell you when you're hurt and you're still playing, when you are lost on the penalty kill as a defenseman, it's because you've got other things on your mind. You're thinking, oh, I sure hope for him. It's probably, I hope I don't get a shot in the hip and I'm going to do what I can to make sure it doesn't happen. And, you know, I'm going to make sure that when I go into the boards, I don't uh, tweak my hip in the wrong way. When you're th- having those thoughts, um, and I think we saw that a lot with Barrett Jackman when he was always playing hurt. When you're having those thoughts, you're not at the top of your game and you're not effective in defensive zone situations, especially the penalty kill, yet he kept playing. He kept getting put out there. And and I'm glad that they finally sat him down. And listen, I know we bitched a lot about Bomeister, but at the end of the day, the coaching staff, the medical staff, whoever, the GM needs to say, you are not playing well. You are not up to a caliber of an NHL top six defenseman. You need to sit. It's not up to Jay Bomeister to make that decision. It's the it's everyone else, and the fact they had it took this long for them to make that decision shows the people at the top are not making the right decisions. Well, it's not that it took this long to make the decision. He got hurt worse. They kind of forced their hand, which is even more sad because if he hadn't gotten hurt worse, he'd probably still be playing. I I don't I don't it's it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. I think the toughness of hockey players is kind of overstated. You know, the, the memes that came out a couple of years ago with the, the Pat Patrice Bergeron and the Stanley cup final, I think people kind of overplay it, but at the same time, I mean, again, I can tell you just from experience, I broke my, my ankle once playing hockey. I tried to stay on the rink. My coach had to keep screaming at me to get me off. Cause he could tell me something was wrong or tell us something was wrong, but I wouldn't get off. I kept trying to skate on it. So Again, to, to, to in a way defend Jay Bomeister, he's wanting to play hockey. He's wanting to be there for his team. So he's doing the right thing in his mind. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't be out there. And like you said, Kurt, it's sad that it took him re-injuring himself or hurting himself worse for them to finally say, okay, we've got to shut you down. Not, hey, we've got a bunch of kids down in the AHL they can play at least at the level you're playing when they're 100%, let alone playing a, a, an older player who's hurt and is basically threatening his career, yet they're still going to keep bringing the guy out there until he finally does something that he has to be shut down. You know, 
if if they had shut him down in December and had the surgery uh, when he got hurt, um, they would have gotten salary cap relief from insurance. Right. I mean, that that's the thing, too. Right. They could have put him on um, long-term, long-term IR. Reserve. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It. and insurance covers yep. a, a lot of uh, a lot of payment there. And they could have gone out and maybe gotten somebody. It doesn't. Or at least given yeah. given somebody the opportunity. It's not like Bomius was playing at an elite level right. to where they, okay, we don't want to put him on long-term IR. We'll see if he can play it out. Um, because even Bollmeister at 75% or whatever, or 50% is better than most of the players we could play. It wasn't like that. So I, yeah, I, it was kind of stupid, mind boggling, uh, uh, reasoning. I don't understand. Um, and, uh, I don't get it. So I, I we all agree that Bollmeister should not have been playing. <laughs> yes, and the, what's the, the stats that uh, Pepping provided us? Uh, you know that says it all. But you know it's funny because uh, he apparently was hurt from December. They said he hurt his uh, hip bad in December, but he's tried to play through it. December is when the Blues started to suck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, didn't he only come back at the beginning of December? I thought, uh, it, was, I thought it was end of November, early December. He came back. And if, yeah. Because if he got hurt right away. Yeah. What the hell? At yeah. least take some, take a couple weeks off to see if it gets better. Yeah, because the blue, the team was in the the Blues were first in the NHL, first overall in the NHL on November thirtieth, I believe. So December is when they started to go downhill big time. It was it was a Schwartz game. It was the Detroit game. I want to say December third. Yep. yep. When he, they, they uh, won that one, and then they instantly started sliding. Yep. Yeah. Uh. So. Okay, so yeah, um, you guys said, you know, Bill basically just said, you know, why would you still play them if they're not even playing well? I relate it back to uh, start of the playoffs last year with uh, uh, Eric Carlson and the Senators. He had the foot problem, but he was still playing well. The Senators were obviously rolling into the playoffs. You don't want to, excuse me, you don't want to take out your best player. But again, Jay Bomeister is not playing to the level that, let's just say, even to his level when he first came to the Blues. It's not like he was leading the offense and getting assists every night and um, blocking shots and, and keeping guys to the outside. He's not doing the things that the Blues saw in him when they first acquired him. So if the team's not playing well, he's not playing well, the defense isn't playing well, one of your goalies is not doing great, why do you keep playing an injured defenseman? Change it up. You got to take him out. Like Bill said, give him a couple weeks. Say, hey, we're not doing anything anyway. So Jay, just shut it down for a couple weeks. Relax. We'll bring you back at the start of January or something. But they didn't do it. And it's just, again, another mind-boggling decision by the people in charge. And uh, Pepping was also uh, kind enough, uh, based on a couple, I think someone asked him to post the same stats about Berglund with what the Blues record with uh, him in lineup and without. And so I, I he did. And so uh, the, the two whipping boys in the Blues for a while have been Bomeister and Berglund. So uh, curiously enough, uh, with Patrick Berglund in the lineup, 43 games played this year. The Blues are 19-24, so one game under, 19-20 and four. Uh, with a 490 winning percentage. Without Patrick Berglund, they are uh, 25 games played, 18, 6, and 1, a 740 win percentage. So without Bomeister, 750 win percentage. Without Berglund, 740 win percentage. 
But the thing that we're overlooking is exactly the way a GM looks at it, who I don't, I mean, I don't have any insight here. I'm just judging from what I've heard in the past about other players. Um, they, they were trying to trade Berglund uh, from what uh, all accounts that, that Armstrong was telling at least Jeremy Rutherford, they're not going to sit him. They're going to the... keep playing him. But, but I know what you're about to say. What? Why are they still playing? No, no, him? no, no, no. Here's what I'm going to say is that, they should have provided the stats to these other teams. Like, look, if you trade for Berkland and don't play him, your team will win 75% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Just He's having Berkland. Rah, rah guy. <laughs> the, the aura of Berkland not on the ice is what uh, – <laughs> but he has to be on your roster. He has to be on the, on the you know, healthy scratch. That's right. <laughs> or I uh, and, and, But I mean, it is a little different. I mean, I, and I, I get why he did this. And, and honestly, it, it, it is kind of a telling stat. Um, but the difference is Patrick Berglund isn't playing well because he's Patrick Berglund. Jay Bomeister, and I'm not saying that he's going to come back and his game's going to be reinvigorated to what he was. It's clear Jay Bomeister, either his head or his body or both, have not been in the game, but they continue to roll them out. Berglund just isn't producing. He still plays like Patrick Berglund. It's it's just crazy to me that we continue every night to see Jay Bomeister in the lineup when he hasn't contributed anything positive to this team in well over a year. He did score a goal the, the one of his last games, eh? The last call I remember him scoring was, uh, I, I want to say, one of the last games against Anaheim where he just kind of wound up for a slap shot from... Yeah, it was it was a yeah. very stoppable shot. It was, yeah. a, it was a bad play by the yeah. goalie, bad bad yeah. goal, but it just went in. So that was yeah. that was a contribution. But it's sad that I, I can I, I remember one. Right. <laughs> and it was right. No, I do remember... Offensive I remember zone. No, seriously, one of the last highlights I remember from Bo Meester was the great setup he had during the Winter Classic game last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's over a year ago. Yeah, well... It just He's unremarkable. And, you know, he... I think it's a, it's the problem with him is it, he's, he's a guy that he was so proud with that long Ironman streak. You know, he went so long with that. And it's just, it's hard for him not to want to be in the lineup. But at some point, somebody has to intervene and say, you're a detriment to this team. Didn't, isn't he like 32? Isn't that what we said? 32, 33? He's pretty, he seems, he seems older than that. Right. We talked about that before. Well, he came in the league at what, 18, didn't he? Yeah, he's been, it's been a long time, but yeah, he did come in early. It's the same thing with Eric Stahl. I think Eric Stahl's 33 or 34, but it feels like he's been in the league for, 25 years. You know what that means? They're rich. That's Beyond right. belief. Yeah. They got a few extra years of just, uh, you know, six, seven million a year. At least. Um, okay. So, anyway, that's that. You, you got, uh, the, 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 our listeners can be the judge on, on what <laughs> they think about, uh, Bowmeister, uh, in lineup versus out, and the same with Berglund in versus out. But, uh, it's no, it's no, it's not, it's not really, rocket surgery to understand that uh the two people that are most complained about on this roster are Bomeister and Berglund and when you see those stats with them in the lineup and without how the blues fare it's i mean part of it is just an anomaly that's going oh, to yeah, happen. I, I mean there was okay. I remember there was a weird stat with the I think it was the Cardinals without Matt Holiday a couple of years ago 
and they had like an insane winning record. And it was just why well, he's your best hitter. Well, the Blues it, with the Blues with Schwartz too before he came back this year. The, the the record with him and lineup was fantastic, and with him out was not very good. Uh, but he's been back for this awful stretch they went through. So because he's offset yeah. by Joe Jabo Meister and right. It's so, got to be you got to so have great. plus Jaden Schwartz sans Jay Bomeister for it to be a winning formula. So you got to trade them both together to somebody. Right. I mean, if you if, if someone takes Berglund, well, you got to take Schwartz because this is, uh, that's the trade-off. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it is a little bit of an anomaly that, for that to happen. But, I mean, there is some truth to it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, you – it's the same as when your GAA is different because I consider GAA a team stat. It's it's kind of the same when you have a better GAA with a better goalie in there than or a different goalie in there than what you're used to seeing. Yeah, that goalie that the one that has a better GAA is probably paying, playing better, but at the same time, it's also that the team seems to be clicking better when that goalie's in. And, and it's the same with with these players. Like the team to me since Bomeister's been out and I know we had the San Jose game, um but to me, they've looked like a better team defensively. They're all playing their assignments better. And I think it's just, it makes for a better roster lineup without Jay Bomeister in there. I made a comment that the the Blues the last couple of games have played a much more suffocating type of uh, defense. They, they're not getting, other teams aren't getting as good of looks. Um, they aren't getting the second chances uh, that they had been uh, during the two-month swoon yep. that they had. Pressure and gap closure has yeah. been huge the last two games. Yeah. They've they've been awesome in in the, especially in the neutral zone, just shutting down speed. And you know, I I can't I can't pinpoint like I haven't been able to pinpoint exactly what changes they've made, but over the last two games, it's been just night and day. Like it, it's back to the beginning of the season. And I don't think it's just the fact that Jake Allen pulled his head out of his ass. Well, I think it's a combination. I think it's Jake Allen is, is noticeably better. I think is no ball meester, which, and again, addition by subtraction uh, with his injury. Whether it's his injury or the fact he's just declining, uh, his skills are declining, whatever. Um, and uh, uh, they moved the Tarasenko the, with Schwartz and Shen again. Put them back on the top line. That seems to be working fairly well so i mean uh, it's a combination of things and i have a huge part of it is allen too i mean because uh, with hutton being hurt now and allen got the emergency start um against um la uh san jose oh yeah the, yeah that's right yeah yeah because that was the game they had the uh the kid from uh yep um yep yeah and uh, allen's played really really well the U-Bi-O-Lam past three games yeah was the uh, backup goalie right so um you know, and and we've we've said all season that um, Allen has sucked most of the season, uh, if not the vast majority of the season. Um, but he, the lately, the last few games, he's been very, very good, and um, it's been needed because Hutton was hurt. <laughs> so yeah. um, Hutton's Hutton's been our savior, our right. You know, the the guy that we could turn to and did turn to in the net. And I, I'm, I, I get, uh, yeah. So I, I I can go on rants all day long about Allen Hutton and things that have gone on, but uh, with with Hutton basically keeping this team alive uh, in the playoffs for the playoffs uh, most of the well after December, um, 
and then uh, Allen coming back when Hutton goes down and really playing well in three games and getting the win in two. We should have had the win in San Jose, and that was that. If we had any offense whatsoever, uh, we win that game. But um, so it's good to see Allen playing very well. I, I, I people, I've, I've had people say this to me on Twitter, and that I'm, I, I hate Allen, and I don't. I, 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 I do not give a shit who is in net as long as they're playing really well and we win. I don't care. I'm not, I don't. I don't have a horse in this race. So. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who think that we go on this show every week and we talk about how much we hate Jake Allen, listen to the rest of the show because, uh, yeah, we've we've all been we all talked throughout the week and and we've all been like, wow, what is what what, what Jake Allen's back? Here we go. I mean, he's played so well, and like you said, the San Jose game, I felt so bad for that guy. He he gets the last minute start, uh, a guy who's been fragile as of late. And uh, he comes in, shuts the door for nine tenths of the game. The power play goal I thought was atrocious yeah. coverage by the Blues. Uh, Botker was way too open in, in the side of the slot. That was a bad call and, too. For oh yeah, that was a terrible the, call. That, was that Brodziak? Yeah, that was a bad call. Oh god, it was a horrible, terrible call. call. Zero zero game. You can't call that shit. Yeah. Awful. Um, yeah, when they've been kind of letting it go the whole game yep. too. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's so that's a tough break for him. And, and the team only gets 15 shots. And at that point I threw my hands up and said, Jake Allen, be prepared because you're about to pitch a couple one, nothing games and you're not going to get any freaking offensive support. You know, it changed, you know, and here's the thing too, with, with Allen's performance, there were a number of people uh, on Twitter that said uh, about, uh, uh, Oh, you know, well, uh, if it wasn't for the complete lack of offense, you know, the Blues would have won this game, and uh, Jake Allen kept them in it. And I had a, and there was a number of people that said that's pretty much been the story all season. They said <laughs> that that Allen has been, you know, he's been, the, and the offense has has let uh, Allen down. If there was any offense whatsoever, Allen, you know, wouldn't be getting ripped on. Blah 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 blah. That is a bunch of bullshit because <laughs> Allen was really bad. Right. I'm not, I mean, right. we're, we're going to praise Allen here on this show because he has been good. Um, he's been good lately in the past few games. But but you know what? A spade is a spade. When he's bad, he was bad. He yeah. was not. He was not good. Yeah. So don't 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 tell me and don't tweet this shit out that Allen has been uh, good this season. But the only reason he's losing is because of the offense. The offense has been a major problem. It's it was awful, but. Allen was not stealing any games. He was allowing bad goals. He was playing very badly. He had the 40th GAA in save percentage for, for the last, I don't know, like a week ago or two weeks ago. It was the 40th in the NHL. That's awful. That's terrible. So don't tell me that he's been good when he hasn't. And, and it's only been the offense because of that. So, And people say, oh, see what happens when you give offense to the goalie? Well, yeah. You could give offense to a bad goalie and he's going to win. But right. still. So the last two games, the you know, to Jeff's point about the San Jose game, yeah, you know, felt terrible for the guy. They yep. they just they couldn't do anything right. But then you know, shit started clicking for whatever reason against L.A. Yeah. You know, the the defense was immediately engaged. You know, uh, we got the the quick goal from Bortuzzo, and just they, <laughs> they had confidence. They 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 played very well. They gave him the goal support that he he hasn't gotten in the rare occasions he's played well. Yep. But now, 
Alan strung three really good games together. Yeah. He's, his confidence is back. It's as if they should just give him January and February off. Yeah. And I think I said that back in January. Just, just give his, it to Carter Hudd. His, 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 his really good play the past few games does not automatically mean he was really good no, in December, January, was, not February. He, he was, was awful. Fucking awful. No, Jeff, Jeff and I went to that Jets game. Uh, the uh, It was on the 23rd of February. And there were two goals scored on Jake Allen by right-handed shots coming down the right wing to the blocker side. That goal should never go in at the NHL level, let alone two goals in the same damn game. He, he had lost the ability to judge an angle. And now I think he is playing uh, a little bit more within himself. He's not coming out and trying to challenge as aggressively, and he's staying on his angle. And he has done a phenomenal job. Yeah, he's been good. So uh, enough, enough of enough back criticism on Allen. <laughs> we've, we've done that enough this year. So he's been he's been very good. Uh, we got the game against LA. Um, to, I mean, not to not to 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 take away from the Blues play at all, but I I mean I thought LA looked terrible in this game. I mean the Blues played really well, but LA looked bad. Quick looked bad. Um, the, seven to two score kind of reflects that. Um, Bertuzzo scores early on quick, which, I mean, anytime Bertuzzo scores first, <laughs> the, the Blues win. Yeah, I mean, two yeah, games in a two row. Games in a row. Uh, then Pareko, then Petrangelo scores. Um, so the defense is scoring again, which was a recipe for success early in the season. Um, uh, unsustainable recipe. Uh, right. Well, I don't care. I, the, you need wins. Right. You get. I mean, the, the, if the, if the top uh, top six can't get it done in a game, uh, let's rely on the D, and uh, they'll get it done. So, but they they the top six chipped in later. Um, so yeah, and then they got the game in LA for the four to two game. So uh, the second game in a row that Bertuzzo gives the Blues a one nothing lead, which was how much money would you have won in Vegas if you had said, yeah, Bertuzzo's going to score the first goal in back to back games? Um, good God, the team to victory. You're right, that's, right. That's a hell of a prop bet. So, and the unusual suspects getting it done: uh, Bortuzzo, Barbashev, Sabotka, and Berglund all scored for the Blues in this game. Don't don't say Sabotka too loud. Mister Blues Hat has asked us to include him in the magnitude of <laughs> suckage. Yeah, <laughs> when, uh, we, when we talk about Berglund and, and uh, okay. uh, Bo Meester, he, he he just he, yeah, Mister. He is in the camp that uh, Sabotka is oh, uh, squarely there. He's not. Uh, he's not alone. Uh, but uh, Mr. Blues had tweeted out, yeah, to us. Uh, Don't forget about Sabotka, sucktastic. Which, yeah, no, I, I Sabotka has been a disappointment. Be, I, well, I think mainly because he's been pushed on the second line and first line at times this year. It's just you, you stick him on the third and fourth line, he's fine. Yeah, I mean, is that that he's got? That's his role. Yeah, Saboka getting power play time earlier in the year when Schwartz was down, that that was dreadful. Anyhow, um, so yeah, um, not the top line uh, versus Anaheim. Bortuzzo, Barbashev, Saboka, and Berglund um, all scored first back-to-back wins since they beat Colorado and Winnipeg over a month ago. So that just shows how bad the Blues have been playing. Um, um uh, and uh Barbashev is tied for the most goals in the team since January thirtieth with six. Oh, come on, Mr. Blues Hat. I thought we had something going. He just tweeted, uh, Jeff's gone. No wonder the show has been better. Ah, uh, see, he knows come where, on. He, knows, he knows where the money's at. 
Ah, what? A, yeah, well, it's only because you guys are more attractive than me. That's it. Well, you're mm. you're you're not wrong. That's yeah, true. Well, okay, so we're talking about uh, Barbashev. His resurgence. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, well, he's uh, tied for most goals on the team since January 30th with six. Yeah. Um, so it's a month I, and a half. When you're when, top okay, so I know I've mentioned this on the show two. before, but um, I have. Uh, when when the Blues, I was at the draft when um, they were uh, they they drafted Fabry and Barbashev. When the, when their spot came up, I was really rooting for Barbashev. That's who I wanted. And then uh, they took Fabry, and I thought maybe we'll get lucky and Barbashev will fall to thirty three. That was the pick they got in the Perron trade, uh, the original Perron trade. Um, well, I guess that was the only time they actually traded him. Anyway, um, but then he's for the most part for me been kind of a disappointment. I thought when Fabry went down the first time, I thought, well, hey, this is time for Barbershev to shine in training camp or uh, in uh, in his call-up and show what he can do. He had flashes last year, but just couldn't really bring it together. Playoffs, and then this whole year, he has been, to me, a major disappointment to where I started relating him to a, for- a player named Ty Ratty. A um, little better than Ratty, but I'm like, eh, he's at least an NHL player, but not much more than that at this point. When the Stasty trade happened, I think everybody kind of thought, okay, this is Barbashev's shot. Then the Minnesota game happened, and it was <laughs> like, well, stop putting him on the first line. Um, but the last couple games, uh, honestly, I think not only is he scoring some goals, which is huge, um, he has played very well. He's looked like an NHL player. He's looked like a top-six player. Uh, he's got the offensive uh, uh, creativity – I feel like a lot of the season, he, you kind of saw it with Tage Thompson when he first came up, that there you could tell that there was this hidden talent that he just was not letting out at first is for, in his first call-up. Then Tage Thompson came up, started showing flashes. I think we're seeing that finally with Barbashev. It just took him a little longer. I still don't know if he's going to materialize into a top-six player for good, but if he keeps playing this way, uh, he is going to help the Blues make the playoffs because he has played very well. So I think it's Tarasenko that has six. Uh, this He's tied with Tarasenko for uh, goals scored, I believe, since January uh, 1st with six, I think. So uh, six goals, uh, having been the, the tied with the team with the team lead in goals since January 1st, the six is not very good. <laughs> no. You, you want your, your leading goal score to be a little higher than that. Yeah. Um, that's a month and a half. So, um, that's, but you know, I mean, whatever, um, he's playing well now, so hopefully it carries over and, and, uh, they can, uh, they can play well against Colorado coming up. So I'll uh, say one thing real quick. I don't know if you guys mentioned it while I was uh, off air, but, uh, Saboka and Berglund, um, I know they scored goals the other night, still not impressing me that much in the offensive zone. And I fear because they finally put the puck in the back of the net, that they will continue to get the power play time. Well, so two guys on this team that inexplicably show up in March are Berglund and Allen. <laughs> Berglund, Berglund has had some pretty good stretch runs the last couple of years. So string some games together, Patrick. Do something tomorrow night with Colorado in town. Um, but yeah, his, it, it's so disappointing. Like just, you know, I, I, for so long, I, I was a Berglund defender 
and you know said you know he he's actually really great a great uh two-way player great defensive forward just don't think he's gonna score you 20 goals and well fuck we're not even gonna get dead goals out of the guy this year and it, it, it's uh it's terrible you know what's wow. funny you know what's funny is that uh i've, I've always my my criticism of Berglund for a long time has been that he doesn't create anything in the offensive zone he try he he goes through the motions it seems like and he will he'll i've said this many times he'll, he'll be on the boards in the corner curl up the boards a little bit you know he's pretty good on the boards with the puck you know he's, he's kind of hard to get the puck from a little bit um but he always passes to the point that's his play he uh gets the puck on the boards curls in front looks for a pass not there curls back Banks off the boards, back to the point. That's what he does. That is that is his mo. Ninety percent of the time, that's what he plays in the offensive zone. So in, against LA, when the Blues are up one nothing uh, on Preco's goal, if you guys remember this goal, uh, Berglund was set up in front, all alone in front, and he stick handles across the crease, and Quick follows him, and he pulls a Craig Janney, and he passes back to the point when he was yeah. all alone in front. And, I mean, it worked out. Perico scored because Quick followed Berglund uh, to the side of the net. But uh, <laughs> at the time, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, But it worked out. Um, I'm sure um, Berglund would have liked to have shot there. But <laughs> When I watched the play live, well, I watched it late. I should mention that uh, the last two Blues games, I've missed uh, watching live because I had a hockey game of my own. So I really think I need to continue making sure I play hockey the same night the Blues do. Um, but uh, no, I, I, uh, when I watched the play, uh, when I was first able to watch the game, I was like, wow, what a great, like that poke check. Cause I thought it was a poke check. Like, oh, that that no. was perfectly for the Blues. Like that, that could not have been a better play to work out for the Blues. Great puck bounce. But then I saw that he did it on purpose, and I was like, "Such a weird play." Well, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm okay with that. I mean, it worked out. Like, it worked out, but like, how often is that going to yeah. work? Uh, I mean, I want you to shoot. If you're in that position, get the puck on net. If you're entitled on the goalie on quick all alone, get it on net. And I, I don't want to be the guy, the Berglund hater that rips on him when we scored on that play. But <laughs> that's not that, that's not how you draw it up. That's not how you. Uh, how it's supposed to work. So yeah, it's it's uh, excessively comical. Yeah, it know? was funny. And when he did it, I'm like, mother, f- I, you've got to be kidding me, because because yeah. I mean, if you watch him, that's what he does. It, most of his game is just passing the puck back to the point, which is great. Was great early in the season when he wasn't playing, but it was great early in the season when the offense was when was coming from the D. Right. And we were we were scoring a lot. We we're taking a lot of shots. We we're scoring a lot of goals from the D. Uh, from the blue line, but uh, that hasn't been the case, you know, the past couple months. But yeah, so it, but it worked out that game, and so that was it, it all's good, and it it was pretty, it was nice. But you know, nice place, nice you know, nice play, haze, nice catch, haze. Don't ever do it again, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that is. Don't, you know, don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> nice play, Berlin. Don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um. Jake Allen, you got. We we've kind of talked about this already. Jake Allen's last three games, uh, he uh, the two nothing loss in San Jose was fantastic. Stopped thirty four thirty five. The only goal he allowed was in the power play, uh, which was a bad call to start with. Um, bad call, bad coverage. Bad call, bad coverage. Uh, yeah, just kind of got screwed. Um, 
So, and the Blues didn't play well in that game overall. Allen was was the man. He should have been number one star in that game. To be honest, in losing yeah. effort, he should have been number one star. I think if that's a home game, he gets the number one star. Yeah, nine seven one save percentage. Uh, next game uh, was the seven to two uh, win in LA. Stopped thirty eight of forty. Uh, again, one of those was on the power play, and it was a nine. Real, real quick on that game, yeah. the uh, I think it was the Drew Doughty goal, the 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 pass across yeah. in front, yeah. and so on that play. We kind of talked about team toughness uh, last week. Um, I did. Tanner Pearson is standing in the crease, cross checking. I don't remember which defenseman it was. Might have been Pareko. I'm sorry, like that play. I mean, I, I'm fine with it being a goal. He didn't touch the goalie, but how are you not going to Tanner Pearson and beating that dude's ass when he's standing on in your goalie's crease and he's cross checking your defenseman? Somebody needs to pop that guy. That was just a. That was a. I was more mad about that than the goal being scored. That uh, that was I, annoying. If only Pareko were pronger, right? Yeah, I, I love yeah. Pareko. I love I, I love this talent. Uh, can't wait to see how he grows as an NHL player. Um, because his skills are there. He could be fantastic. But I wish he was meaner. I really do. I wish I'm not not. He didn't have to be pronger mean. I mean, because Pronger mean was dirty, but I mean, he he just just make guys think twice about standing in front of the net. You know that you're gonna get beat up here a little bit with Preko in front of the net because he's big enough. No one's. I mean, he's big enough to where if he were meaner, most guys aren't going to, you know, challenge him. They're not gonna do. I mean, he's he will manhandle them. He's huge. So I I, I wish he was. I wish he was a little rougher, a little meaner in front of the net. That's again, and I know people might chastise me for saying this, but that's why to me, maybe before this season, Shea Weber was to me the ultimate defenseman. And it is an absolute travesty that he's going to go his entire career without winning a Norris trophy. Because last year when he was with Montreal, people were like, he's got to win the Norris. That guy's fantastic. Yeah, he's been doing it for 10 years in Nashville (laughs) to Blues and Blackhawks players every night. But nobody's noticing him. That's the kind of stuff he does. And he's a, yes, he's a dying breed. But the big lumbering defenseman who can score points has a great shot and is one of the best all-around uh, defensive zone defensemen. Uh, they're 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 dying, and uh, it's a shame because those are the type of defensemen that that can get the job done. But that's just not the type of players that are making it to the NHL anymore. Well, he's been on a bad team most of his career. Nashville yeah. wasn't very good most of his career, and Montreal's not very stints. good. Yeah, I yeah. mean they were okay a couple, a few years, but I mean they weren't. I, I, I mean, that that plays a role. I mean, if you're a really good defenseman on a bad team, or you know, Montreal has been very good. So I mean, well, he's only been in Montreal for last year. I, was first year. Yeah, I know, but they're not good this year, and it no. doesn't help his cause. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. but I'm just saying, down, it, so. those type of plays that yeah. you're not going to see them as much anymore, and and maybe it's just the the dinosaur in me that's wanting to see someone pop somebody. But at the same time, and I'm not trying to sit here and say, well, that's what the Blues are missing is team toughness. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you see a guy, whether it's P- Pareko doing it or not, you see a guy cross checking the defenseman, and he's standing in your goalie's crease. I don't care that the Kings just scored a goal. Either go over and at least say something to them. They all just skated away. You you can't let players treat your teammates like that. 
I'm going to turn on the uh, Ducks game so you can watch it here. Is that okay with you? I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <clears throat> I would like it if you turn the sound off. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I will. Just for you. Oh, you're so sweet. I know. That's 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 how I roll. Yeah. Oh, mm. I'll get inside. I don't know. We're, we're uh, kind of like watching the Bears. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know why it's not uh, coming up here. Okay. Bears. Uh, bears. Bears. Duh, bears. And the uh, bears. so and uh, Allen. Uh, so the seven two win in LA, uh, and the four to two in Anaheim. Stop twenty twenty two nine oh nine save percentage. Um, I guess his least impressive stat wise of the three, but uh, still he was very good in this game. So uh, the two and but the two games prior to these three versus Minnesota and Nashville, he allowed seven games on forty seven shots. And an eight, which is an eight five one save percentage. So, um, which is kind of how he had been going the past couple months. So it's really good to see the past few games from him. Really hope he keeps it up um, because the the Blues don't have the luxury of you know trying to let him work things out or giving him a couple games if he's not playing well to fix it and, or and then go to Hutton later. They really need good performances from their goalies from here on out they can't afford a couple games where they're oh well you know Allen had a bad game last game so hopefully it works out this game no you if if Allen has a bad game i'm not sure what they're gonna do now to be honest because yeah. no, <laughs> i was just gonna say i he he i thought he really set the stage in the anaheim game right off the bat gets left gets a breakaway yep. he makes that huge that was save. good it that just was good brilliant and yep. that the Blues played confident after that. Yep. Didn't give up that kind of rush. And and that's yeah. the thing. And that's the thing he has not been doing this season is making that big save mm-hmm. and giving the team confidence or giving the team a jolt or having the team say, oh, well, let's get our asses in gear because the goalie's making big saves. He's been giving up the deflating goals. Yeah, right. And that and that hurts the team. So, um, and that's why Hutton was so huge because Hutton was making huge saves and the team was not playing great in front of him, but they were getting wins and winning games two to one. So um, hopefully Allen can keep it up and uh, his uh, troubles this year are behind him. But um, so uh, Soshnikov, he's played a few games for us now. There was a lot of talk about him when we acquired him. Uh, a right. lot of a lot of because a lot of hype. He was the only trade that we made. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of hype um, behind him, and we kind of scoffed at that on this show. Um, but your thoughts on him after he's played for us for a few games now? I think he, you know. To be honest, I, I think he's. I mean, I, I think that was a good. I mean, we 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 got the better end of that trade. If it's a fourth round pick, not a big deal. But uh, you know, he's been fine. I I don't. I mean, uh, you know, he's a fourth line guy, third fourth line guy, I think. But what do you guys think? I I mean, yeah, he's all right. I mean. I, I'm not going to complain about him. I, I think he's played fine for what he's expected to do. He's doing it. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's got a little bit of tenacity to his game and uh, you know, he goes to the right places, but um, I mean, the only thing I'll say about it is still to this moment, that's not the, the move the blues needed to make. No, no, I no, mean, no. he's, he's a great fourth line player. Don't get me wrong, but when you've got a team of, four or five guys would be on the fourth line and three, four guys that should be on the third line. I mean, it's just not the right move for this team, but if they're planning on bringing him back next year and then losing a couple of these third, fourth line guys, then 
yeah, I'm really going to like that trade. Yeah, me too. Uh, Huso being up and down is back up due to Hutton's neck injury. Um, I didn't put in what what did you say I put in for why not Bennington the hashtag you just yeah, no, what what about, what about Bennington, Bennington? Yeah. did you change it yeah I changed it oh, okay <laughs> hashtag, yeah, why not Bennington hashtag What's why not on here? hashtag why not Bennington why not um, Bennington? he didn't get any love no love I'm whatsoever that tattoo <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah Huso has been uh, recalled once again um which we talked about before the show I assume that's insurance in case Hutton can't go tomorrow as a backup. Um, yeah, and, and you know I uh, uh, I'm so torn. If this was November, I would say get Huso in a game. Let's just see what he can do. But and I've seen people say that even now. But I just feel like, especially with the way Allen's playing, and uh, you know, even if he would have laid an egg against San Jose, uh, I would have been apprehensive to put a rookie goalie in against a uh, team that's also battling for a playoff spot in L.A. So I'm actually happy to see that he hasn't played at all. Uh, Again, it's easy to say that now because Jake Allen has been playing so well. But even if, I think I would still say, yeah, probably don't need to put a rookie in there yet. Um, And so we'll see. Uh, Maybe he does need to come in and start or even in a relief appearance. Let's hope not. But uh yeah, I mean, I I, I want to see him play. I'm I'm excited to see him. Hopefully, get a couple games in next year. To be honest, uh, the game against LA, uh, I would have been hesitant to play him just because the team wasn't playing well in front of our goalies for the past forever. Yeah, up until the um, up until the LA game. So that'd have been something, wouldn't it, to have Huso come in and shut down LA and win seven to two? <laughs> yep. And then tonight we'd be discussing how everyone has anointed him as the savior of the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah. thing. Alan wasn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, just because the blues in their horrible track record of making good decisions with goaltending, um, if Huso doesn't get some playing time, uh, on this, uh, call up maybe tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Jake is playing nah. so well. It, yeah, they, 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 I mean, it would be dumb, but at this point I'm not going to put anything past them. Alan, ha- Alan has so little faith in their oh, decision-making. Oh, I, I, I'm with you, uh, but I, I, with as little as Alan's played lately, cause you know, before, uh, Hutton got hurt now Hutton had a number of starts. So uh, Alan has not played a ton this season. So, um, I, I he should be well rested. He shouldn't be tired. So um uh current standings and playoff possibilities. Uh thirteen games remaining for the blues. Last three games of the season are Chicago, Chicago, and Colorado. How fun will that be if the Blues are like right there to play Chicago twice and have to beat them? And and their fans would know it too, that yeah. we're like if, if if they need to beat us to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's almost worth going up there. For oh the my! Oh my God! To be in Chicago, yeah. Oh, what is it? What day is that? Is that a weekend? That can't be a weekend. I don't think so. I think the Colorado game's a weekend. Uh, let's see. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, the Chicago's a Friday. In Chicago's a Friday. Oof. Oh man, that is, that's tempting. And they won't want to go to that game. They're done. Huh? Yeah. April sixth, huh? Road trip boys. <laughs> oh man, I've never seen a Blues Blackhawks game in Chicago. I have twice. I've seen an Islanders uh, Hawks game. One nothing game when the Hawks sucked. That was an awful game. That was a terrible game. 
Uh, it's one building. Uh, I well, I I never went to the uh, the old Chicago Stadium. I've yeah. never been to the United Center. So I, I went. Know. I've been to Mine five games when I was younger to see the Penguins play, just because I wanted to see Mario Lemieux play. So in his last season, my buddy and I, my buddy had seen him play a couple times. He's like, dude, it was that morning. Let's get tickets. Let's go up to Chicago, see the Penguins and Blackhawks play. Mario Lemieux is slated to play. So I'm like, all right, let's go. Halfway up there. Healthy scratch. Listening to the radio. Yeah. (laughs) Halfway up there, listening to the radio, and they say, yeah, uh, Mario Lemieux is uh, ill. He will not be playing tonight. Did not make the trip. (laughs) We we considered going back. We were like, that was Sidney Crosby's either rookie year or second year where we didn't hate him yet. So we were like, yeah, let's still go up there. But yeah, to this day, all the games I've seen in my life, I never saw Mario Lemieux play. I saw him play uh, against the Blues at the arena. Yeah, um, so did I. A couple times. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I really hated him. When, <laughs> it was good. When, well, he was good, but and there was something about him that I I just I didn't like his game. And I remember seeing the game at the arena where you know, and I was I was still in grade school back then, and there was a a shot came from the point, probably Paul Coffey, and it you know like Kevin Stevens Lemieux, Lemieux is several feet off the net, and he puts his hand up. Like the puck's gonna hit him in the face, and the puck's the shot's going on goal, and everybody around me booed. It. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing, I, you pussy? <laughs> I, I always hated the I always hated the guys that that looked um, effortless on the ice and they were dominating. Yeah, I always hated that. Yep, and he was one of those guys. Yep, it looked like he wasn't even trying, but he was just dominating. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. You look back at him now. He was a generational talent, and you know, if it weren't for his back problems, oh god, and cancer, and you know, all the shit that he dealt with, he he could have challenged Gretzky. I remember the the game on ESPN. He came back after cancer. Yep, and played. Yep. Uh, that was a huge deal. Yeah, that was that, a big deal. That was amazing. Yeah, it if he ugly jerseys, the, yeah, the, the, the 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 flying penguin, the yeah. lines, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, that ugly Jofa helmet. I agree with you. I think um, had he been as healthy as Gretzky was most of his career, um, he'd have been up there. Yeah, he so. would have challenged Gretzky's records. Yeah, yeah, he's he's my probably my third favorite player of all time. I uh, I loved watching him play. He was one of the reasons I got into hockey. Um, ESPN carried Penguins games a lot, just like they do now in uh, NBC. And uh, ratings, ratings. I, I yeah, I mean I I loved watching him play. So I I always said the same thing that if he could have uh and I think Bobby Orr too, if, yes. if those guys could have stayed healthier, <sighs> they both would be a lot closer to Gretzky's well, record. You know, Bobby Orr was a I mean the, the yeah. fact that he was a defenseman was just right. I mean, putting up those points, he, that that's something that I mean Gretzky what he did was amazing, but what Bobby Orr did had never been even seen before from a defenseman. That was just crazy. Bobby Orr, I best remember him with the Blackhawks. That's sad. From the, <laughs> from the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill pinball table? Yeah, right. yeah, the pinball machine. Yeah, if you go to the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, they have a Bobby Orr uh, in the Blackhawks jersey, the pinball machine. May or may not be good enough reason to go there. Right. <laughs> uh, currently, uh, the Blues are three points behind Dallas and Colorado. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, four points behind Dallas now because Dallas uh, lost in overtime to Toronto earlier. And uh, so three points behind Colorado with a game in hand on Dallas. And uh, two games in hand on Dallas now, so uh, so uh, so four points behind Dallas with two games in hand, so that's good. Uh, one point behind Anaheim and Calgary with games in hand on both. 
So uh, Dallas plays tonight at Toronto, and that's old news. Dallas lost in a shootout. Yes, huge comeback by Toronto. Uh, what, three well, goals, three goals in the third period? Well, huge comeback by Dallas. Dallas was down 2 nothing, yeah. and they came back and went up 4-2. to two. And then Toronto scored two goals in the third to tie it. Dallas went up about 5-4, to four, and then Toronto tied it with like 20 seconds to go, <laughs> or yeah. 15 seconds to yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Marner. Yeah, fantastic. And then Dallas yeah. lost in overtime. That's a big point. Uh, yeah. Maybe look back disaster, on that one. Yeah, disaster shit for, uh, we were talking about this before the show, for uh, Dallas. Go to Montreal and yeah. shut the bed and give up two points there. Yep. And So they got and, one point out of a possible four that they should have had. I mean, yeah. they had a lead with 20 seconds to go. Yeah. Thank you, Ken, Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's good. It, it really sucks that we lost to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back in Dallas, in the overtime. face wash bullshit. Yes, yeah. that sucked. Yeah, painful. We should have won in regulation. We had the lead on them. That would have been. Oh, that was that was the day we were live from Steinberg. That was the day we were gonna be live from Steinberg, and we're not because of uh, technical restrictions. We could not overcome to do a live show. Mm. Really, who doesn't have Wi-Fi at this point? Well, you know, I mean, right. what 1950s was the uh, last time the power lines updated uh, going to the place? So yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah, that's what you get. Uh, update your shit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, the Blues will. Uh, the Blues will wear their road whites at home in Saturday's game versus the Rangers. Real quick, your take on: Would you rather see the NHL go back to white home sweaters? Yeah, you're nice. Yes, at yes. This, this I've point, been yeah, saying this since been... it happened. Yes, well, please. I, <laughs> I just. I just it's something I noticed, and I noticed it more when I was going to every game uh, when I was in the media. The, oh, just every game was blue versus white, blue versus white, blue versus white, blue versus white. Yeah. And think about Kings fans. It's black on white every night. Aesthetically, that sucks. I'm yeah, all for racist. it. That was one of the things I even said. I remember saying to my dad when I was a very little kid, um, well, you know, Dad, one of my favorite things about going to the games is seeing the different colors on the ice when the Blues play the other team. I, I actually had said that as a child. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was not a very smart child, but that's that's what I thought. And and I still think that. it's. You know, I remember the days of going to see a, a Red Wings game and seeing the red, then going the next night and seeing the green for the stars. I mean, it, it, it well, was awesome, and I, I love it. I think agree. the white... It's white ice. I, I, I think the the home team were white makes sense well, to me. Well, what what was it a couple of weeks ago? There was a um, was it uh, AHL, ECHL, or junior where both teams like there was one team that wore blue and one team that wore red. Nobody yes. wore white. That was awesome. Uh, do I, that. I don't recall that. But right. I, if I, if you can do that, if the colors well, don't clash, do it. I I, I well. Back in the day, it was it was it was white jerseys for home, right. and that's we grew up with that. And uh, I think going back to that, I I, I don't I mean I I I get it. Not in the seeing white against if you're a season ticket holder, you go to a lot of games, whatever. And the Blues were white, and you get to see the different teams' colors. Okay, I, I personally for me, I, it's not a big deal, but I I get where some people want to see. I understand that, um, but. Uh, the only reason I would want to go back to white is because that's how it was when I grew up, and I, that'd be kind of cool. I, that's how I remember hockey. And when I see 
videos, old clips of of teams and games. Oh, the whites. Oh, they're wearing their home whites. And that way too, you get the home the the whiteout because mm-hmm. because Phoenix had the whiteouts for a while. But you would Winnipeg all the all the home. It. Yeah, uh, Winnipeg started it, transferred to Phoenix, and then you could you could you could wear your home whites to two games. So, yeah, I I, I would. My phone just went cut to the game now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, so here's the thing. For me, at this point, we've been doing the the uh, the blue. Uh, you know, they they did the alternate or they they switched it around back. What after the the lockout, lockout I think in so. 06. Lockout, yeah. Yeah. The 05 lockout. So at this point, switch it back or just alternate it every year. You know, this year we're doing home. It doesn't. Why? Why do you have to be so formulaic? Just I or get the I, teams to to agree. I would before vote this game. I right? would vote. I would vote home whites. That's what I want to. I, I would. I, I would go back to that. I don't. I don't see the benefit. In wearing the the your your I I guess I understand the mindset. Oh, you can wear you wear your colors at home. I get that mindset. But then again, you you know people that go to a ton of games, it's nice to see the other team's colors too, as opposed to always being white. I get that. But personally, I just want the nostalgic version for me growing up. Home whites. That's what I want. Um, I think part of it, uh, the reason they changed it, um, thinking back to you know when uh, when teams had third jerseys and they had the home whites, they would have to change it because when they'd wear their third Jersey, they would, uh, uh, they would have to tell the other team, Hey, you're wearing white tonight. We want to wear our third Jersey at home. Cause they always, the, the mindset's always been, that's going to help with the, the Jersey sales. Um, so I get why they did it. Um, but I think what Bill said, have the two teams talk before and, and they kind of agree on who's going to wear what color. I think that's what we're going to eventually get. I think that's what it's going to be. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you guys are the ones to ask. But I believe that's what the NBA is either doing now or said they're going to do in the near future. Um, I think that's going to be the same way for all leagues. Uh, we've seen it a couple times in the NFL. Not much where the team switched and uh, the, the home team wore white. Um, so I, I think that eventually we're going to get to a point where it's just Hey, one of you guys wears white. Who wants to wear white tonight? And whether it's a flip of a coin or one of the teams makes the call, um, I think that's what it's going to be more. Because it's a silly thing, honestly, when you think about it, for the NHL to mandate that. You know, you really think about it. Why is there a rule in the books for that? The only rule should be, okay, uh, one team has to wear their white colors and the other team has to wear, um, you know, whatever your your team color is. Uh I, I don't know. I, I'm for the home whites. I'm with Kurt, but I think that's what we're eventually going to start seeing in the NHL. I get the idea of wanting to have some consistency um, because teams travel and they're, they're packing what jerseys they pack and everything. But yeah, so so why why can't there be just a simple communication between the teams? Hey, we're going on this road trip. We're only bringing we're bringing our our road our our dark jerseys. Be I, I I agree with you. There, there. I'm sure there's some kind of a reason that right. why they don't do that. I, I I don't know what it is. You know, back back at the the 50s and the 60s, it was expensive to make phone calls from Montreal <laughs> to St. Louis. You had to write letters, <clears throat> send it by you know horse drawn carrot, <laughs> carrier pigeon. <laughs> and, and 
those pigeons. Pony Express. Got, pigeons always got lost. That's wow. They, they were very reliable. Those carry pigeons. Pony Express was was a different story. Yeah. Uh, mm. So uh, up next for the Blues, uh, they play Colorado in St. Louis uh, tomorrow night. Huge game. Huge game. Massive game. I am. I am. Can't this, be understated, uh, overstated enough that it is a big game. Right. I am. I am going to make it a priority to actually watch this game live. I've. I've. Over the last. Over this shit win streak, even in these last two games, I have not made a, a priority to watch games live. The tomorrow night I will. I'm. I'm debating with myself whether I should. I. I know. Are it's you? So, are you master debating? Well, it, yes, I am. I am master debating whether I should do it or not. Um, I know I shouldn't care. It's so stupid to think that anything I do has any bearing on what no, the Blues do. No, you're you're a hockey player, damn it, and you believe I know, in superstitions. And that's what I'm saying. And that's As what that you I'm do. I'm a hockey player, and I know <laughs> that that if they lose tomorrow, I'm going to blame myself. So I really think maybe what I'll do. Because not watching it live, right? Doesn't that just mean, oh, well, I'll just wait 10 minutes and turn it on. Well, uh, maybe I, I'll uh, just do something well, like that. I may do that just because I hate commercials. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm not going to I record have, it and watch it on Friday. I have my kids tomorrow night. So I will be, what time is the game? A I guess bad seven, dad? Seven, seven, seven. No. I, uh, I, so I may start on delay. Getting them to bed and everything, so we'll see. So start texting them about seven oh five. Yeah, I will be on radio silence tomorrow until I catch up to live TV. Uh, I, I I have been watching games before on delay, and I see that you guys are saying something, and I check it, and it's ruined something for me. So screw you guys. Okay, can radio, I radio can silence. I send a quick message to our uh, friends on the um, uh, the formerly tech uh, pucknology podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, uh, the defenseman Dylan scored for them and like I just got five tweets from from uh, that that part of the world that all say dilly dilly. Dilly Dilly. <laughs> Fuck off. I fucking hate I it. like Dilly Dilly. I fucking Screw hate it. Screw you. I like so Dilly Dilly. terrible. Dilly Dilly. <laughs> so terrible. I like terrible. it. It has not been overplayed for me yet. It's not like it's it has not reached life as a highway status yet. <laughs> there's a uh there's a team in my Sunday league that uh their their team name is Dilly Dilly and they've got the Dilly Dilly across, they got a Budweiser patch. So Bell, I will uh get you the captain's phone number. In case they, you want to play for are them. they sponsored by Budweiser? Because that's kind of cool. I have no idea, but I think it's a pretty awesome jersey. I would go by Dilly Dilly if they paid for uh, me to play. God damn it! The Abs have I only lost. <laughs> the Abs have only lost once in regulation in the last ten. I think they do have like three or four overtime losses though. So uh, this should be this should be a good one. The Abs are playing pretty well. well. Wasn't it the last time we played them? That we they had just rattled off. Yeah. Like, and we beat them, right? Ten in a row or something, the, right? And then they lost four in a row. <clears throat> yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. So, Brain Shen so, fight game, and we've yeah. been, yeah, and we've been, we've beaten them both games. Yeah. We played two, we played them twice, right? And we beat them twice. Real quick, did you guys see? Speaking of the Avalanche, did you see the? I don't know. I think they got roughing penalties. Nate Prosser of the Wild, uh, formerly of the Blues. And um, yeah, right. Gabriel Landeskog both went to the, bo- uh, the box at the same time. Did you see that conversation they had? No. no. You can read Landis Cog's lips. He literally said to him, 
Uh, they were they were jawing back and forth. Prosser was yelling at him, and Landis Coggs looks over and goes, "Why don't you go back to waivers?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's there's some great. Uh, uh, me and a buddy I work with, we will uh, we look up YouTube clips of great chirps all the time, and um, one of my fa- one of our favorites that uh, we love to throw at each other is, "Coach, no, you're out here." Yeah, <laughs> I forget who said that. <laughs> That's good. That was a great one. That's really good. My my favorite, one of my favorite press <clears throat> chirps was, uh, God, we could really go down in this rabbit hole. But uh, one of my favorite press chirps was from Pronger when uh, I think it was Adam Burrish after this Cup final and the the Blackhawks won their first Cup. He uh, says something about, "Yeah, I've ever seen Chris Pronger in the street. I'm gonna punch him." And so then they told Pronger after the game, "Did you hear what Adam Burrish said? He said that if he saw you, he was gonna punch you." And he goes. Where's he going to see me? The miners? <laughs> That's awesome. I love Pronger. God damn it. I love Pronger. So funny. That was just after his game lost, or his team lost the Stanley Cup, and he still has the best chirps. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip uh, social media fails and the trivia and uh, opening up to uh, listeners because we are way behind. Yeah. So are we wrapping up then? We are wrapping up. <laughs> Uh, the Ducks are winning two nothing, by the way. So that sucks. Now uh, with uh, with Brock Besser out hurt, Vancouver is done the rest of the year. They're not going to win one game. That was the only offense they had. Uh, our next show um, next week, uh, maybe Tuesday night. Uh, there's no game that night. There's a game Wednesday night. So yeah, probably and, not. And Jeff has scheduling conflict. Well, Wednesday. Yeah. On so Wednesday, Wednesday so. would be bad, bad anyway. Um. So either a post-game show or a Tuesday or a Thursday uh, show next week, I guess. Or, you know, come over 5 o'clock show at Center Ice. I'll be there. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe not do a show and just drink. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, drinking sounds good to me. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday, drinking at Center Ice. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we won't do a show on Wednesday and just uh, drink instead. Watch the Blues game. Uh, I, don't, I will say- not want to go home, though. If I'm there, I'm there for the duration of the game. I'm, I'm, I'm not driving half an hour back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no no way to make it in an intermission. No. I've tried. <laughs> You're going to miss 10 minutes of the next period. Yep. Um, I, I say tentatively for our listeners, uh, probably Tuesday, but that's not definite. So that's uh, nothing's ever definite. With probable, but not definite yet. So we will we will let you know via the Twitters. At LGB Radio. Good job, fellas. Hey, you too. Yeah. You too. Everyone uh, pat yourselves on the back. <clears throat> And uh, another pat on the back goes to my ice hockey team, the St. Louis Force. Uh, we had to win out uh, of our, our session in order to make the playoffs, and we did so Monday night. Uh, we beat the team that was battling us for the last playoff spot. So uh, I just want to say congratulations to my Force team members. That's serious business. Yeah, It was. It was big. We uh, it, Now we go to a double elimination playoff, and uh, – if we end up winning, we go to Toronto for the championship. Wow. Sweet. Run the table, boys. That's what we're hoping for. We finish the season strong. Hopefully that continues. On a non-hockey note, uh, our volleyball team <laughs> swept. Uh, we won all three the last uh, game of the season, and we are waiting to hear back if the team the team were tied with. or We were one, we game, were one behind. game behind if they swept. They had to sweep their last series uh, to stay ahead of us. So. Well, and, and and of course, you know the league is is terrible at updating their schedule and their yeah, standing. They so they actually regressed. 
Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, yeah, they. We were looking for the standings, and the the new standings, the the updated standings in quotes, were three weeks old. <laughs> they, they they regressed. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, anybody in the uh, Edwardsville area wants to see some uh, uh, old people play volleyball on Monday night, coming out to the Essex Y. The Essex Y, where yeah, bad volleyball um, reigns supreme. Yes. Yeah, and but what a wonderful I, slogan! Yeah. Well, I, so so far this year, I have uh, I've kicked balls that have uh, come very close to hitting a baby. Yeah, and and hit a grandma knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bill has a what we like to call a bit of a temper. Uh, I was I was <laughs> I was messing around playing soccer. Yeah, it was in between games. So and he happened to hit a grandma, literally hit a grandma with the ball, <laughs> who was knitting on the side. Yes. And uh, I, I saw that I'm like, you just a number of weeks ago you you almost hit a baby, like a like an infant, you know, like a car seat baby. That was out of anger. The, the baby that, was yep. out of anger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it that makes it fine. a baby into a gym. <laughs> That's true. A small gym too. Yes. But playoffs for us start next week, so we're we're excited about that. So we don't get to go to Toronto. No, no <laughs> Toronto trips for us. <laughs> so we don't have the Sand Volleyball uh, St. Louis Championship in Toronto. I think it's called an Invitational. Uh, the uh, volleyball stuff. So yeah, Invitational in uh, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, and also the Center Ice Brewery in Midtown St. Louis. Yes. Yes. For Jeff Ponder, Bill Day, uh, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're up and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.